2: Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
0: Back into another
2: live edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast
0: right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines. It is back with Alex Barth, as always, to discuss the Patriots Commanders week... What are we, week nine now? Yes. Week, week nine. The, the show keeps going on here for the two and six Patriots, and... Uh, I mean, they still got to show up and, and play some games. It's two and six. It obviously isn't what anyone imagined it to be at, at this point. But I think the big thing right now and for these last nine, ten games, it's about player evaluation, right? It's about seeing what right. you have in some of these guys. Who are these guys? You know, we talked Tuesday after the trade deadline, these pending free agents. Like, are these guys people you're going to pay and build around obviously all eyes will be on mac jones these last nine ten games if they haven't already internally decided that they're done with him can he change the opinion on people and prove to let, like he needs to be the quarterback sticking around all the rookies like this is here on out it's about player evaluation it's about building for the future and i think that's where this team is kind of at, at two and six. And that starts this week with the Washington commanders coming to Foxborough.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's, that, that's a huge part of, of, of where they're at. And it's in terms of, you know, which players are going to pay? who Who's handling this? Like, how are guys handling this at two and six? Are these guys that you're willing to bring back and kind of make part of the rebuild? Or are there players that checked out that you're looking at it and you're saying, you know what, we're good. We're good on you. This guy doesn't have the mental makeup we want, things like that. So it's it's really one big long audition here for the next 10 week nine weeks 10 weeks whatever it is and that's the lens we're going to have to through these view these games in from here on out
0: yep and mac we can start with mac cuz he's obviously the big one right like right you're either moving on or you know you're back in the QB carousel in the draft or you're building around which is probably if he can prove himself you're just You're getting a wide receiver. You're getting offensive tackles, but he's got to play better. We talked Tuesday about that, that roller coaster he's kind of been on, right? He was up against Buffalo, and then he drops back down against Miami. Like, it can't even be a roller coaster anymore. He's got to – it's got to be like climbing a mountain. He's just got to keep going up and building good performances on good performances and kind of has an opportunity against Washington this week. I I know they traded – some of their edge rushers, and they still have some good players up front, which we'll talk about later. But it's not a very good secondary. They're no. the worst team in the league in many categories in defending the deep ball, which Patriots haven't been able to hit the deep balls, even though there's been some opportunities. They were against Miami. Jalen Rager, Devontae Parker had some shots, and Mac just kind of dropped his eyes to the rush, as, as he talked about. So. If they want to get back to completing some deep passes this would be the time to do so again washington doesn't have a good secondary the patriots are finally on the good side of one of those those draft pictures with emmanuel forbes one pick above christian gonzalez it looks like because emmanuel forbes has not had a good start so maybe some shots for mac to get back to throwing the ball downfield and turn the page and start building some more momentum here for these last nine ten games
1: yeah yeah, no, I I, I think that's, a, that, sorry, you kind of cut out there a, a little bit, but trying to piece it together, yeah. um, Again, it's that you, we, people, we're going to talk about the draft pick and we're going to talk about the offseason, this and that. These guys don't have that luxury. Tanking does not happen on the player level. These guys got to stay engaged at
0: this point. Yep. And back in that evaluation stage, max receivers will be a, a big thing with, Kendrick Bourne officially on IR, you know, done for the year. Devontae Parker hasn't practiced all week. We know how the concussions go. Those are, you know, pretty much one game mandatory at this point uh, with that protocol. So it's going to be a lot of pop. And you said after the Dolphins game, he started getting more attention, some double coverage. Let's see how he can, can handle that. If that's how Washington continues to focus, if they focus on him, which... You're guessing that would be the focus in this passing attack. Yeah. With the limited options. You know, how is he going to look with more attention focused on him? And then some of these younger guys, like Kayshawn Booty looks like he's gonna be out there. Taekwond Thornton looks like he's gonna be out there. So just see how these young guys these young guys can can match up against Washington, which again is kind of a weaker secondary.
1: And I think Kayshawn Booty's definitely a guy you're looking at in this game, right? We haven't seen him since week one. There's been a lot of questions about where's he been. Sounds like maybe he hasn't had the best time at practice, but this is his chance. He comes out and shows up in the game. It changes everything. So that's a guy I think is definitely in the the spotlight. I'm going to be interested to see whoever goes up against Emmanuel Forbes. Rookie corner, first round corner. One of the two corners taken ahead of Christian Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon's one. Gonzalez was really good before he got hurt, but Witherspoon's been excellent as well. Emmanuel Forbes not so much; he has significantly struggled at this level. So that's a guy that's clearly beatable, and Washington's putting him on the field less. So maybe there's not as as many chances. But Kyle Fuller's their their number one quarter, and he's actually been good as much as their. Secondary has struggled. Fuller has been pretty solid this year, but Fuller's going to be on the outside on probably Jalen Rager, maybe taquan Thornton, whoever's on the inside or in that Z spot, whether that's pop, whether that's Douglas, whether Rager or Thornton gets some looks there aside from the X. Yeah. Those are juju. Like you got to win against a guy like Emmanuel Forbes. I think if, if guys go out there, especially the younger guys, booty Thornton, even Douglas and struggle against Emmanuel Forbes, like that's not what you want to see. This is a guy that's right for the pick.
0: So with Booty, when you know when he played in Week One, that was kind of in place of Parker because Parker was, was sidelined and Booty primarily played the X. Are you would you expect to see him there? But now that they have Jalen Rager who's been mixing in at the X, would you have Rager there and maybe move Booty more back to the Z, which is what he played at college? Or how do you think that shakeout is going to look on Sunday?
1: Yeah, uh, I I, I think they'll probably move everybody around. I I, I go back and forth on that because, yeah, okay, that's Keyshawn Booty's position is at the X, but it was also Rager's at the same time. Uh, He wasn't great at the X. Four targets on 55. I think it was 55 snaps, no catches. Do they want to give him a look somewhere else? I'm also, I, I don't know, Brian, maybe I'm nuts. I'm not entirely convinced he plays. Or at least maybe plays like a snap here or there, but... Would it be the weirdest thing in the world if they came out in their top three were Rager, Juju, and Douglas with Thornton as the fourth guy rotating in and that's just the group?
0: Wouldn't surprise me.
1: No. So I I, I, I still don't know if this is going to be enough to get Kayshawn Booty on the field. He sounded confident today that he was going to play, but I'm, I'm ready for anything with him. He could play 60 snaps. He could play no snaps. I'm not sure I'm going to be surprised either way.
0: He said like – my name was called. I think that was the way he said it today. Something like
1: that, yeah. Which
0: made it sound like he was going to play, but, like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, let's just plug Juju kind of in, like, a one-for-one, one, put him in the Z for Kendrick Bourne. Maybe that leads to more increased production for, for Juju and see how that looks. But, yeah, I'm at, he's definitely a wild card at this point. We know that. But I'm at the point, at 2-6, and six, we talked player evaluation. Like, you know what Juju is. You've seen not a lot from him in his six or seven games so let's see what the rookie has and if he can build something going forward and be a part of this room next year i think that would be a, a big boost for them if they could go into next year knowing they could count on case booty being a, a part of that receiver room
1: yeah but it, again it's just what this year's been right yeah. it's, it's what this year's been and, and i'm not sitting here saying i'm advocating for him not playing i'd like to see him play i'd like to see even if he is struggling in practice, is he grown at all? And you got to put him in a game to really find out has he grown at all in the last two months. But uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. Right? We'll see. Like we, like um, uh, the new corner they signed, Alex Austin, who we can get to a little bit if you want. He he said today he plans to play. That'd be that that'd be something uh, if he and and it's nothing against him. It's just you get here on Thursday, you play on Sunday. That's a monumental ask. I think guys just say they expect to play because that's the NFL. You, you you prepare as if you're playing. All the practice <clears throat> squad guys say that. you know they're like, oh, you know, I never know when I'm gonna get elevated. So I think that that's more just uh, how players well, talk.
0: confidence and just like their preparation, like prepare to play. yeah. Um, one other thing I had offensively and then we can talk about, you know, Alex Austin, some of that defensive stuff, was we know they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, make life easier on, on the tackles. So We haven't seen Trent Brown all week in practice. We know he's been battling through a knee and an ankle. That seems just kind of like, you know, we'll see a Sunday type of situation. But um, they still have, Washington still really has two good a- interior rushers with uh, Payne and Jonathan Allen. So, you want to see Cole Strange? You want to put him to the test? Do you want to see if City So can continue this this streak? Like this is a good opportunity for those guys uh, to face really two of the premier interior rushers and, and it'd be a good measuring stick there for again evaluating your younger talent on the interior of that offensive line there, which we know they have a lot of bodies <laughs> at that position. So that will yeah. be a, that'll be a good test for for those for those younger guards against Payne and Allen on Sunday.
1: But I, I also wonder if this is a game and, and, and people might roll their eyes at this and I get it. I'm the guy that's been yelling for two years to play Mike when to attack, and when to
0: attack back to guard.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I gave you this take this week or earlier today and, and you and Mike were very surprised when I said it, Mike like, If there is one game <clears throat> to play him at guard, this is it because the pressure's on the interior and you'd go, Probably Vidarian. Trent Brown does not practice either day this week. That's generally a sign a player is not going to play. Now, Trent Brown in the past has been a little bit of a different case. He kind of does his own thing. I don't believe he practiced the week leading up to the Buffalo game in Foxborough last year, and he played in that one. He didn't, like for it, didn't practice. Like he didn't take part in pregame warmups. But if Trent Brown can't go. You're, if Vidarian Low is going to be at left tackle, and basically your two options are: you leave Vidarian Low at left tackle, and you go with the group you've had with the, with the rookie at right guard and and Michael Nwankwo at right tackle, or you go Vidar left to right: Vidarian Low, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Michael Nwankwo at right guard, Connor McDermott at right tackle, and basically the idea would be you feel better mm-hmm. about McDermott, who's a steadier presence. Against the lesser rusher coming off Washington's edge, compared to City So or Antonio mafia a rookie against Jonathan Allen or Daron Payne, and you trust McDermott against the edge guy. on Wenu versus Payne or Allen becomes an elite matchup, and you can slide more of that help to the left side to help Cole Strange and help Fedaryn Low. There's pros and cons to both. I still would leave Mike Onwenu at right tackle because I think there's something to be said for continuity. But if they want to get weird, like, it, it makes more sense this week than it has in the past if you want to bring Mike Nwendo back on the inside because that's where you're going to be vulnerable this week more so than usual.
2: Yeah. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's 150 bucks. Your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action of NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you get spreads, you get your player props, you get over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. And kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1 800 GAM 1234.
0: I'd expect it to stay the same, though, because of the continuity you said. And, again, like, I just, personally, I just want to see how City so handles these guys, right? Like, that's probably his toughest test yet uh, against those interior rushers. So I'd like to see that, see how Strange handles some of that power. Um, I think he told Taylor, uh, uh, Kyle's CLNS, that, you know, he the getting hurt in, in training camp, it, it helped he was able to put on a little weight but you know it obviously hurt because you're not on the field you're not getting those reps with your teammates so against some of those power rushers maybe that some of that added weight will help so that, that'll just be good good to see but yeah the offensive line configuration always <laughs> always at the top of the list for, for this team with, with Mac under center there but uh, any other last things you're looking for o- offensively it's this this commander's team or we can jump over to Eric Bieniemy. And this commander's offense. Uh, it'll be interesting to see
1: Pharaoh's Brown's role, and he was obviously he didn't practice yesterday. He was banged up, and he's back at practice today. That's a guy you could use the extra blocker, right? And I think they've had this good mix of him with Kosicki or Henry. If he can't go out there, you need the extra blocker. Like, do they is a more running back staying in a block? Do they try to put Mike Kosicki on an island against elite <laughs> rushers again? I don't know, but it'll be interesting.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, he was a back injury. He was upgraded to limited today. And they need him, number one tight end in football, right? With no qualifiers now. So, um, Pharaoh Brown's been awesome. But we can jump ship over to the Commanders offense, which is led by Eric Bieniemy. Maybe future Patriots head coach, Eric bien I don't know. I mean, he's
1: on my shortlist. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he's done a fantastic job. I, I didn't necessarily, I, I knew Washington's offense was, was good this year. The, some of the stuff they're doing, I didn't realize until, you know, you get to this week, you look at the team a little more closely, how it, like Sam, I don't think Sam Howell's very good, but they've made it work. And uh, you look at the numbers and some people might roll their eyes at that. Like, you put a a real NFL starting quarterback in that offense with McLaurin and Samuel and Dotson right and all those guys and and they could be a top 10 unit they really could i mean he's done an excellent job bringing how along and getting the most out of the group he's been given
0: yeah and it looks a lot like the Andy Reid stuff that he just kind of carried that playbook over with him to washington but yeah that the, the offense is like Sam Howell, like I don't think he's very good, but he's fun to watch in that offense because they're just like letting him sling it. I think he's second in the league in, in pass attempts, and he's like, yeah. holding onto the ball for so long. He's gotten he's like on a record-setting sack pace right now. But uh, as Bill Belichick said, like they spread it around a lot. Terry McLaurin's a good receiver. Jahan Dotson, I think, is a pretty good receiver. Logan Thomas uh good size for a receiving tight end but yeah i've liked what the has brought there and i I don't like what's the deal with him like is he just never going to be a head coach or it seems like they're going to be done with ron rivera especially how they handled the trade deadline so are they just going to promote the there or go outside the organization haven't you
1: heard they're going to trade for bill
0: oh true that's that's the new thing um
1: yeah no i i in, in, in somebody, I think it was Chris Mason pointed out Florio didn't even even, or Florio even said in there, there was no report. report. I, I, so if, if you look up Eric BN history and I, yeah, I don't want to get too far into this. Cause there's a lot of, it's, it's a long time ago. There's a lot of finger pointing. Um, he does though have some, uh, I think there are tech, there are arrests. I don't know how many of them are charges. Um, I believe he is a DUI. Like, I, I'm pulling it up here. Um, He just... The, some when, questionable when, stuff. When he was in college, he had some run-ins. Yeah, and I, I think there's been a few instances even since. Um, I think there's nice. also the league... For once, you know, Josh McDaniels gets a million chances. Adam Gase got... Two chances, which is two chances too many. Like the, the, the coaches that come up with the elite quarterback, I think teams look at him and say, Is he a product of Mahomes? Uh, which I based on it's a fair question, based on what he's doing in Washington. No,
2: yeah,
1: I, I, number one offense in the league, yeah. Patrick Mahomes played a big part of that, but it's not you know, we'll talk about Josh McDaniels in a bit. He, he's not Josh McDaniels, obviously. Um, that being said, so so I, I think there are some concerns about like his past and and, and things like that. Um, if nobody else wants him, I take him because he's a good football coach. He hasn't gotten in trouble in a long time. Again, from everything I know now, maybe there's things out there that, or maybe there's things that aren't out there that the teams know because they do research on these guys as candidates (coughs) that that we just don't know because they're not public. But if he got in trouble 30 years ago, and the biggest knock on him as a coach is Patrick Mahomes might've carried him a little bit. I'll take him. I'd absolutely take them. I my my short list for external candidates. So not you know Gerard Mayo doesn't count in this. Uh, Bill O'Brien wouldn't count in, in <clears> whatever order. I I don't have an order. I you know there's there's pros and cons for all of them. Eric Bieniemy, Ben Johnson, Mike Vrabel. Those are the three guys to me.
0: Yeah. And CJ brought up like Bieniemy. What about Mayo for head coach? I think the big thing with Bieniemy is if you're especially if you're dipping your you know you're dipping back into the college QBs, like you're bringing a new rookie quarterback. In here, like you get the offensive guy who will stay for continuity reasons and develop that chemistry, where if it's Mayo and whoever he brings in as an offensive coordinator, if he, if that offensive coordinator, like look at Josh with Mac, right? Like if he really elevates that rookie quarterback, then that offensive coordinator is probably going to leave. Uh, and take a head coaching job. So, Beany would would be an interesting one to watch. Again, we like his schemes, the way he's carried that over to Washington has been fun to watch. And again, they throw the ball all around the field, so it'll be another good test for Patriots corners this week. You know, Jack Jones, J.C. Jackson, see how those guys rebound after uh, some tougher. Obviously, it's tough against Miami, but uh, we'll see how they line up and how they kind of respond to that performance last week against some talented Washington guys. Yeah. And I think the only other thing is like, just get pressure on Sam Howe. Just that's really it. But I, I'm kind of worried how they handle it. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they have some good talent there. I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 20 something points here on, on them. And I don't know if that'll be enough or if that, you know, the Patriots offense can do enough to out- outscore them. So it'll, it'll yeah, be. A I good think
1: it, it's a tough matchup for the defense because that the enemy system, everybody gets involved. They have six players with 20 more catches this year. Sam How will get the ball to everybody. And you have Jonathan Jones banged up. You have miles Bryant banged up. So you're down at JC Jackson. Uh, we your healthy corners. It's JC Jackson, Jack Sean Jones. Wade, ja- uh, uh, no, uh, yeah, Jack Jones. And then the guy they signed today, uh, um, uh, Alex uh, Austin, so they, they, they'll pick them. Like if Washington can find a matchup they like, they'll keep picking on it. the Patriots have to adjust out of that. They didn't do that last week. Washington found matchups they liked, they picked on them, and the Patriots didn't do much to adjust out of them. Gotta be able to do that this week because every there's not a guy that you can kind of just, yeah, all right, one-on-one with him and whatever, he's not really gonna get the ball. You can't do that in this offense. Every single player on the field, every single skill position player is a threat to get the ball on any given play. A lot of these guys, McLaurin, Dotson, uh, Logan uh, Logan Thomas, these are guys that are threats at all three levels. So you got to basically account for everybody everywhere, and that can stretch a defense really thin, and when the Patriots are already as banged up as they are in the secondary, that can be a tough test.
0: Yep. And that, you know, that the enemy-Reed offense has given them issues in the past, and again, oh yeah, like, that's Patrick Mahomes and – Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but as you said, like they'll find matchups they like and they'll keep attacking them. And that's that comes from that that scheme, that the enemy scheme. So, uh, that that'll be one to watch. Uh, maybe some sneaky concern there, but you mentioned Alex Austin quickly. We can talk about him because that was their lone roster move of the week. Again, they placed Kendrick Bourne on IR, they signed Alex Austin today. He was a seventh round draft pick from the Bills this year, he played at Oregon State. He had another stop too. What was it? Was he with Houston? Houston. He was in. So uh, he was with
1: the Bills for camp, and then he was with Houston the first two months of the season. Was on their uh, roster for a little bit, and then got moved to the practice squad.
0: So he takes Amir Speed's twenty-eight number and kind of looks like you know he's another one of these tall corners, like Amir Speed, six-one-one ninety. I don't think he's has quite the athletic profile, but you know a tall corner. And, and you'll probably expect him to contribute, try to carve out a role uh, on special teams a bit here. I know he didn't play much special teams at, at college, started playing a little there, you know, the, this rookie year when he's been bounced around. So you'd expect that would be his role here to crack the field early on. I
1: think he's probably a specialist here. Uh, you, you look at, they gave him a mere Speed's number. I think locker. they gave him mere Speed's locker. Um <laughs> he's, he's here to replace him here. Speed basically. And maybe he he factors in a corner a little bit. He was a good corner at Oregon state. They played a different system. So that might be an adjustment. I don't like, I don't think you'll see him a corner this week unless things go horribly wrong. Maybe later in the year, if he catches up on that side of the ball, but um, interesting guy. I got to talk to him today after practice,
0: Uh, a lot of Patriots connections.
1: Yeah. Seems genuinely excited to be here. So William McGinnis, he calls his uncle, uh, not blood related, but grew up with his mom. Uh, He grew up, in in Long Beach, so he already knew Juju. He played Pop Warner with Jack Jones. Said he was at the Super Bowl in 2018 with Ty Law. He's known Ty Law through Willie McGinnis. and that's the guy he's talked to. Also said, you know, I asked him about because he said he grew up watching the Patriots, and what he says, um, I forget the exact word he used, but he was like, to be in this locker room growing up, knowing everything about the Patriots, surreal is what he says. says surreal to be in this locker room growing up, knowing all I did about the Patriots and. So you ask, all right, who do you watch? He said, Stefan Gilmore is the guy he studied. Not that surprising, but like, this is a guy that sounds very familiar with the organization. And that's always, at the very least, it's a fun story. And and there can be more to that too, because it's a guy that maybe somewhat knows what he's getting into in terms of the buy-in or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think he's probably just a special teamer to start, but good size, good athleticism. Uh, we'll see if it becomes anything more than that.
0: Yep. It's an interesting guy to watch there. So any other last things you had there on, on Pat's commanders or we can kind of, we can kind of move on here. So
1: it just, yeah, I found this interesting today. Uh, this is the f- first ever Patriots commanders game. The the last yeah. time these two franchises played was two nicknames ago for Washington. That was Bra- The quarterbacks were Brady and Colt McCoy. The last the, time. Was that the
0: Gronk game where you had like. No, that, that was 19. Okay. Uh, was the
1: last time they met. Uh that was in um uh, uh in Washington. Last time the Commanders came to Foxborough, Washington came to in 2015 Kirk Cousins was the quarterback. <laughs> the last time Washington came here it was Kirk Cousins. So they these are two teams that don't see each other a lot. And then those games can always get interesting cuz there is some like you know, Bill comes up, and I know people kind of just let it pass. He's like, oh, you know, division, we've seen these guys, or, oh, we haven't seen these guys much. When you really haven't seen a team in this long, especially a team that's gone through as much transition as the commanders had, I mean, that, I think that might also be two head coaches ago, 2019. Um, it you, you can get caught off guard by things. So that – that I don't know what kind of element that adds. It's just a, a thing that sometimes those games end up being a little closer than you'd expect or going a little different than you'd expect.
0: Yep. Who was, their, who was their coach before Rivera? Was, I not think of that. I was just looking it up. but um, Maybe
1: maybe Rivera was there in 19. It feels like Rivera's been there for a while.
0: Because I, I, so I want to say Del Rio, but he's just. Oh, Gruden. Gruden. Jay Gruden. That's so right.
1: Rivera, that was, uh, it might have been. So Jay Gruden got fired that season. It might I don't think it was Bill Callahan because that game was week six. In 2019,
0: yeah, it would probably be I'm too looking rough. at.
1: Oh, actually, eh, actually, <laughs> Jay Gruden got fired really early in that season. It was, oh no, it was Jake Gruden. Oh, Jake Gruden might have gotten fired after that game.
0: That oh, was the name
1: Yes, it was. So, technically, two
0: coaches ago, yes. And a new owner, obviously. So, yeah, be, a, be an interesting one. Uh, Pat's commanders, one o'clock at Gillette Stadium. All right, so I'm sure as everyone's seen or heard by now that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were let go by the Raiders early Tuesday morning, like 1 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, 10, 10 p.m. local time. That's that's true. So uh sounded like Vegas was in a pretty good mood today. I don't know. Did you see those tweets? I, I uh, just saw this, yeah, from uh, Vic Taffer. Yeah, the happiest locker room ever, and there was a video of Devontae Adams like playing basketball smiling having a good time in the locker room. So Josh McDaniels is out Dave Ziegler is out and Obviously everyone's first reaction at that point is would they come back to New England? Because uh, you know McDaniels had a lot of success With Mac Jones specifically uh, as the offensive coordinator. it has been here a long time My first kind of thought though was and this happens all the time now with these assistant coaches since that bill belichick and nick saban doc, which i'm sure you know what i'm talking about because yeah. they mentioned that they know guys are going to leave they know guys are going to go take head coaching jobs but what they don't like it is when they pull their coaches you know they take coaches with them and kind of ruin the, the program or team they're they're coming from and that's exactly what josh did like he kind of decimated the patriots offensive coaching staff so I don't know. Like, it is Josh. He's been here so long. He's been here multiple times. I don't know if Bill holds any hard feelings to that, but that, that was my kind of first reaction. I don't know if, if you thought of that and where you, where are you kind of at with, with Josh potentially coming back here?
1: Bill definitely seemed a little bothered uh, when he was asked about it. No, he he's just in, maybe well, that,
0: he's just being Bill. That doc was before Josh. No,
1: I'm boy. saying when he was asked about it. Oh, okay. uh, earlier this week, he was asked about Josh. He There there really wasn't even like, oh, you know, I'm sorry to see that. It, it was just, I'm on Washington now. Some of that might just be the team's two and six and he doesn't want to deal with it. But I thought that was interesting. Then again, we've seen assistants that we thought maybe didn't leave on the best terms come back. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I think there's an argument to be made for it. Obviously, there's a lot that would need to be decided before you get to that point. Who is the head coach going to be next year? Is Bill O'Brien still going to be here? Who is the quarterback going to be? Uh, These are all things that would play into that decision. The argument to me for Josh McDaniels is, one, if they are going to draft a quarterback, whether it's under Belichick, whether it's under somebody else, the the idea that basically – the reason offensive head coaches are considered so much more valuable right now than defensive head coaches is – If you have an offensive head coach, he's basically your offensive coordinator, and you're going to keep running the same offense, offensive system, all of that's going to be continuity. So what happens to a good offensive coordinator? He leaves, he goes and gets hired elsewhere. And if you have a defensive head coach, you're constantly turning over the offense for your young quarterback, which you don't want to do. If you have an offensive head coach, you don't have to worry about that because your head coach isn't getting hired away. And Even if your offensive coordinator by title gets hired away, it might make a change, but it's not going to be this massive shakeup. Josh McDaniels is this unique exception to that rule where Josh McDaniels isn't going anywhere. I I can't imagine he's He's going to get another head coaching. If he does, you're talking about at least another 10 years. At that point, if your quarterback's not already comfortable, you drafted the wrong guy. You should be starting over to begin with. So that's the argument to me with McDaniels is he gives you stability and he's proven he can develop a young quarterback because there are even some offensive coaches that are good offensive coordinators who aren't good at developing quarterbacks. That's kind of its own skill. Kyle Shanahan, perfect example. I always say this. Kyle Shanahan's offense, very quarterback-friendly. Kyle Shanahan, not quarterback-friendly. So Josh's ability to work with a young quarterback, and by the way, it goes beyond Mac because we'll, we'll see what he looks like when he starts. I don't think Aiden O'Connell's terrible. I, is, he's looked good, in, good. In, the, in the flashes that he's played. So Good preseason, yeah. That's that's kind of the positive for Josh. The argument against it is pretty obvious. Is basically, do you want to just move on? If you're going to move on from Bill, are you going to move on from the whole program and really try to bring in something new? You're not going to have Josh here with a guy like Eric Bieniemy or a guy like Ben Johnson. There's just too many cooks in the kitchen. You're going to want somebody who runs one of their offenses working on the details. So, I there's a lot that needs to be decided before it. There's an argument for both because we don't know which way they're going to go. If, if Bill Belichick comes back or if Gerard Mayo becomes the head coach and that, I mean, you don't know what's happening with Bill O'Brien as well, but he certainly seems frustrated. If, 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 you're, if you need an offensive coordinator for Gerard Mayo, Josh McDaniels makes as much sense as anybody because you can keep running the same offense and he's not a guy you're going to have to worry about leaving for another job. If they're going somewhere else and they're going to hire an, a real offensive head coach, I don't know. Does he want to come back as a quarterbacks coach? I'd take him, but you're probably saying, "All right, we we've done this before, and and, and you move on."
0: Yeah. So I, I I agree. He's been good around like young quarterbacks, and obviously he's been a good offensive coordinator, which is much different than a head coach. But I'm kind of just at the point where it's like, let's get something new in here. Like, do we really need, like we we've seen like, the Vegas offense has been really bad too over there he was never really aggressive as an offensive coordinator. And we've seen him kick some questionable field goals still as a Vegas head coach. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, let's get some, if we're going a new route, like let's get some fresh life in the building and, and then some new perspective maybe in a new system or, or something, but he is right. good with, with young quarterbacks. And you know, there there's other guys besides Josh too, who got fired that maybe like, talk about Patriots receivers like the spacing is still an issue like what is Troy Brown doing maybe it, it was Mick Lombardi I think the wide receivers coach or if the offensive line Adrian Clem what's going on there like Carmen Brasillo I thought was a good offensive line coach And so then Dave Ziegler that that could be another weird dynamic because he was Macro's boss so now if you bring him back he's working under Macro. but I don't like any other of those Vegas assistants or, or Dave Ziegler Think could and uh, and back up here or have your mind or on your eye. Yeah, too.
1: I'm I'm out on Dave Ziegler.
0: Yeah, Just, that would be I, a I, weird. Look what dynamic. the
1: roster building was when he was here. The the guys I look at, Carmen Brasillo is a guy I certainly would be interested in bringing back because he's a guy that coached directly for Dante Scarnecchia, and I think there's value in that. um Bo Hardegree as a quarterbacks coach. And that was the guy that worked with Mac Jones as a rookie. I think that he's a guy I would certainly talk to, especially if Mac Jones is still going to be here or, you know, Josh is coming back. Um, And then I think that's, um, oh, uh, the other one is Patrick Graham. If Gerard Mayo is going to be the head coach, Patrick Graham, Patrick Graham would make a lot of sense as defensive coordinator. That's a guy he coached Gerard Mayo and he's going to kind of, I, I think he'd be a valuable veteran coaching presence for him. Uh, that's one specific situation, but a guy that I wouldn't totally rule. Like if he could, there is a situation where it makes sense for them to give Patrick Graham a call.
0: Yep. The one thing with Dave Ziegler, he did trade for Devonte Adams. He recognized they needed. How hard was team. that? He gave
1: up two first round picks and gave him a massive contract.
0: Yeah. But he was willing to do it and they're not willing to do it here. But yeah. Uh, Still, but but they, they totally botched it. The whole point
1: of doing that was cool. to pair Devontae Adams with Derek Carr. And instead, and they, they ran the Derek botched. Carr out of yeah. town. And then Devontae Adams spearheaded the campaign to get him fired. So, yeah. no, I would not say the Devontae Adams saga reflects uh, uh, well on Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels, honestly. They I got him, and then everything else went wrong after that.
0: Just have Dave Ziegler come in and say, trade for an alpha wide receiver. And then leave. Like, get out. Let Matt Groh handle the rest of it. But...
1: I think Matt Groh can do that. Matt yeah. Groh, I mean, you go back to the comments he made during training camp about number one wide receiver. I, I think he knows. Yeah, I don't think the issue was is Dave Ziegler never said anything about trading for a number one.
0: <laughs> I mean, that that was his boss, and his boss did it. So yeah, that'll be interesting. But speaking of looking for jobs, like Josh, who I think Josh maybe take some time off. He's getting paid four years. Take the rest of the year off and chill. But if he's not. He could go on LinkedIn and we can hear from our friends at LinkedIn real quick.
1: Uh, real quick. As soon as I find the read, cause I forgot to pull it up again. Yeah. Where is it? it? When's the last time? Um, I, I feel bad. Cause that was a really good toss too. And now I'm blowing it. But as I look at <laughs> this too, Jimmy Garoppolo got benched. Jimmy Garoppolo, not an NFL starting quarterback. He's not, he's 15 and 10. In games where he throws more than 30 passes, which is fine, but he's been on some very good teams. Uh, He's 5-3 and outside of San Francisco. Playing on good teams matters. Plain and simple. Playing on good teams matters. I don't know if you saw the quote from the NFC executive uh, or or from the Raiders executive, sorry, when asked why they made the switch from Jimmy Garoppolo
2: to Aiden O'Connell.
1: Because he's the better option. Everybody, I just... All summer I heard, oh, just go get Jimmy back. Mac sucks, go get Jimmy back. Same guy, but one is five years older and costs about thirty million more dollars.
0: Mac Do has played it? some really bad football this this year, but that Lions game Monday night from Jimmy might have been worse than anything Mac has and put they, up this year. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And and I mean it looks it looks similar. Everyone was saying today they look the same on tape. Um Jimmy Garoppolo right now is just older, more expensive than Mac Jones. The two more things injury. Mac Jones um, is going for him. There are two things Mac Jones undeniably is going for him. He's young and he's cheap. That's pretty much it. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't even have that. He's handsome. Jimmy Garoppolo's handsome. That's what he's going for, him, I guess.
0: Did you see the, uh, the Raiders put out like a happy, happy birthday graphic? Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, no, what I liked was um, they put that video out yesterday, last night. I don't know if you saw this. They put oh, a video geezer. out like narrated by Marshawn Lynch. It's a really oh, yeah. cool yes. video. Just like a hype video. The title was The Raider Way.
0: Like what is The Raider Way? And
1: it's talking <laughs> about we're going to get back to our roots and we're going to do this and that. The whole thing's just very clearly a shot at Josh McDaniels and the whole like Patriots infusion in Las Vegas. So I check it out if you can. I thought that was it interesting.
0: Was, it was uh, kind of telling the, the interim head coach is the one guy who doesn't the- have ties to the Patriots organization. So Yeah so he'll be around
1: but the rest of those coaches brian as you said if not now soon may be needing to look for uh look for jobs and for those of you who are not looking for a job but have a job you're on the other end of that thing looking to hire i recommend linkedin jobs these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business or the las vegas raiders you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free you want to go through that full search you don't want to cut yourself off and just oh this guy used to work for the patriots you want to go through that full search linkedin will help you do that and they make it easy just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Adding the right team member can make all the difference, right? Adding the wrong team member can make all the difference as well, but not the way you want. You add somebody to the organization who brings a lot to the table and boom, they can turn things around. LinkedIn jobs will help you do that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com beat that's linkedin.com beat to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And this is the other interesting thing about this talk about LinkedIn jobs, right? You want to go out and get the best qualified candidates. Can the Raiders do that? Even if they were to use LinkedIn jobs because the best qualified candidates want to get paid and the Raiders. Now I saw an estimate last night. They still owe John Gruden. Remember John Gruden. They still owe John Gruden $40 million.
0: That 10-year deal he signed?
1: Right, (laughs) and they owe Josh McDaniels $80 million. That's $120 million. And this is a team that just a few years ago, despite having over $100 million in cap space, couldn't sign free agents because they didn't have the cash on hand. They didn't have the liquid uh, assets to pay signing bonuses. I mean, We were joking the other day in the locker room. They're going to have to hire Evan. That's kind of where they're going to be at. It's going to be the whole, like, you know the um that meme where it's like the guy with the do- the small domino and the big domino at the end pushes yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. John Gruden sending a racist email. What is it 20 years ago? Derailed two organizations. Cause who knows what it looks. I don't know if they win a Super Bowl by now if Josh McDaniel sticks around, but I, I don't think we're talking about top five pick if Josh McDaniels and all those staffers stay here after max work the year, I don't think he teams elsewhere are that eager to hire him. The Raiders were the only job he was linked to, but I don't know what the Raiders are going to do now. Again, they're going to have to call Evan and then Evan's going to bring me in to be like kind of Ernie Adams ish. And then that's the end of Patriots beat. So that's another thing. Maybe Sean Gruden killed, but anyway,
0: yeah. Underrated part of the Patriots, like that brain drain, like led yeah. to the Patricia and judge and all that. We don't have to get into that, but yeah, the John Gruden emails, the domino effect. But we can end with some some college football, some quick college football. Well, actually, it goes back
1: to that. Well, I get he shouldn't have sent the email either way, but that goes back to Dan Snyder trying to cover his own ass <laughs> for his—
0: It all leads back to Dan Snyder, this,
1: always. The <laughs> yeah, and the Patriots play Dan Snyder's old team this week. There we go. Fitting,
0: fitting, but— uh, some good college football games this weekend. I think, unfortunately, the best two are in, like, that late 7 o'clock window because we get Caleb Williams versus Michael Penix and then LSU-Alabama. Nice to see Jaden Daniels against that Alabama defense. Uh, anything you're kind of looking for this weekend in the college football landscape with those games or anything else? I know we got Georgia-Missouri uh Georgia's two and Missouri's 12 now, I believe. So, so some good games on the college landscape.
1: Yeah. Decent slate this week. Uh, not the best of the year. Certainly not the worst of the year. Yeah. I think the worst of the year was last week, at least so far. Uh, I'll, I'll say off top Penix, Caleb Williams going to be good, but what is USC going to try? Like, wh- where is this USC team at? I think that's a very valid question, but you get to the top quarterbacks in the class. It's just tough because the Washington defense is good. And I think there's some stakes for Penix. And like, does he still show up with the team beaten up? I If Michael Penix tears up that Washington defense, does it matter? And I say this as a Penix guy, that defense is atrocious. So him, Adunze, they, they should, Roma, Adunze should have 150 yards and two touchdowns this week. Cause that defense is that bad. Anything less, I'm going to be concerned. So that game's interesting. The big one for me, and I talked about this last night, I was on a Taylor Kyle, so you can go back and check that out on the CLNS YouTube page. We kind of really got into it. Is Jaden Daniels versus Alabama? Because Jaden Daniels is put together quietly with with so many quarterbacks kind of ahead of him initially. He's put together a good season, but as some of these guys fall off, he's just continued to play well, and this is going to be a big test for him. If he wins this, though, LSU potentially gets in the driver's seat for an Mm -hmm. SEC championship bid. So now he's gone into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama, then he gets to play Georgia. This is a guy that can maybe start to build a first-round case. I don't think he's a first-round pick right now. I think he's a solid day-two pick. But he's got a tremendous opportunity in front of him to really put on a show for scouts. We'll see if he does it. But uh, mobile quarterbacks have given Nick Saban's defenses issues in the past. See what he does.
0: So if he—I don't know if you heard us saying this in the locker room, but— there's only been one other quarterback. I think it was one other quarterback who's beaten Nick Saban two years in a row in college. And Daniel Mansell Manziel, Hester- right? No. Is it Tebow? No.
1: <laughs> no, it won't. No, I hang on. I know this. It's not Manziel.
0: I thought Manziel at first. I th-
1: I would think Manziel. He beat him twice, but that might have been twice in three years. Um, is it an Ole Miss quarterback? No. It's an older guy. Is it further back? Okay, I'm not going to get it.
0: It was... you. You. It's it's Drew Brees. It's wow. It, okay, wow. Cool. Yeah, no, I would
1: not have gotten that. I it would not have gotten to, that.
0: It goes back to, like, the Michigan State year Wow. Saban. So, yeah, big opportunity for Daniels. Like, he'd be the first quarterback since Drew Brees to beat Saban twice in a row. So, that'll be a good one. That's in Bama, too, I believe. So, yeah,
1: I mean, it's a real test. Like, I... I'm mean, hyping this up like Daniel, uh, Jalen Daniels can win this game and then Georgia and then maybe a college football playoff. Alabama should win, but it, it's a massive, massive test. But if he passes it, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy, buckle up.
0: We already have the picture of him and Bill at the pro day. Last oh, that season. will Remember get,
1: that will get a lot <laughs> of plays. So people who don't know, Jaden Daniels was at LSU's pro day. He was draft eligible, but he was going to be like,
0: he was a six thrown, or seven right? round pick.
1: But yeah, like I said, he's put together an incredible season this year but there, him and bill are like a five minute conversation. So, and that's a guy that wasn't in the draft. So bill there, there is a relationship. That picture will get spun all kinds of out of control. If, if Jane Daniels goes off,
0: so goes off. Uh, my only other complaint for the college slate is that the battle of bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state is at three 30 and not like we need that night sky over the wall. Yeah. The, that's, 30 that's 30 a days. good
1: point. That's usually a night game. It's the last bedlam too. Yeah, which I sucks like 330? Conference realignment. There are some yeah. interesting rivalries as week. we had the wagon wheel uh, last week or, or sorry, last night we had the wagon wheel, Akron Kent state great cover by Akron in that game. Uh, great I'm mid- trying to remember
0: off- some great mid uh, midweek action games this week. We had that yep. snow game and then the Akron game yeah. was good last
1: night. We've got uh, uh border war tomorrow, Colorado state Wyoming, my guy, Andrew Peasley, so that's a fun rivalry game. Um, you've got uh, Georgia. Uh, not a rivalry game. Georgia, Missouri will be a fun game. Interesting game. Georgia's got it. Th- so they have not really even play anybody. And I think that's why they're second in the college football playoff that. And I think the committee wanted to stick it to Michigan. But they close with Missouri. Ole Miss. They're then at Tennessee, which is not an easy game. And then they close at Georgia Tech. So. This is, it, it, they're going to be pushed down the, down the road here. And then finally, I mean, we got to bring it up, Brian, unless you had any other games you're hyped about, but I think this is a good note to close it on here. What are you doing about, are you going to place a wager on Northwestern Iowa?
0: So uh, the new lowest under. Yeah. So <laughs> Fanduel has it at 31
1: and a half. FanDuel has it at 31 and a half. Some books, I think, uh, I don't remember which one. Some books have it at 29 and a half. Which would be the first time there's ever been a total under thirty? I I like twenty to ten, you lose. 17-13, you lose.
0: That's crazy.
1: I, I I can't wait. I I I can't wait to watch. I don't know which side I'm going to be on. I'm going to bet it because it's history. I still decide which side I want to be on. That's going to be wild. I was just keep in mind, to... Iowa two weeks ago played in a game that was previously the lowest total ever, and, <laughs> and the under hit. Now it hit because of some BS from the refs saying Cooper DeGene called fair catch when he didn't, but the under still hit.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's thirty one and a half on FanDuel right now, still. So okay, that's definitely there will be a wager place, but uh, we'll wait and see what it is. The only other thing you mentioned, uh, the Georgia game, maybe for fans. Who hold on? I pull it up for fans who want to maybe keep Mac and build around him. uh, Luther Burden on Missouri is going to be like—he's probably the top receiver for next year's draft. Next year, yeah. So that'll be just—it's early, obviously. I would say Mac
1: or not, because he's next year. Either you're—you're gonna if you're gonna keep Mac and try to build build around him, maybe you getting, maybe end up getting him in a couple years, or uh, you draft a quarterback this year. And then should take Luther Burden next year, especially if if Brady Cook comes out.
0: Yeah, so uh, Luther Burden on Missouri, that'll be a good test against the Georgia defense, so that'll be fun. But yeah, that's the college football slate ahead of us. Again, Patriots welcome the Commanders to town on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Alex and I will be back on Monday to break all the football down from the weekend. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, put your notifications on so you do know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go read all his Patriots draft. I know he's got a college football playoff thing, I believe, coming out over at 985thesportshub.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and go read all my coverage over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for
2: tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.